Oh my God. So there's no intro. I'm in a different area. My lighting's not the best. It has been a whole shebang, you guys. And I'm mad about it. So the show's about to start. For those of you that hung in, I appreciate you. We're not live on Facebook. So those people are going to have to like figure it out later. Come over to YouTube and watch it in the replay. Um, can you guys hear me? Give me a thumbs up if you guys are all here. Let me know. Um, it's been a crazy time. My spectrum was down all day. I uh, took a beach day to just have like peace and love and happiness and came back and it was a hot mess. It was an absolute hot mess. So uh, I finally switched over and uh, I'm on my desktop. It's a little not ideal, but I'm going to work it out, you guys. So for those of you that stuck by, um, I appreciate you. I'm just super irritated by Spectrum right now because of the second time in, well, actually, when it was completely down, we, it was all last last week, it was down intermittently, and then it was down all day on Wednesday. And today I woke up, it was down, and anyhow, we're here. I'm happy about it. Um, I appreciate you guys for hanging in there. Sonora, I hear you. Spectrum was down in, um, in Texas, is not reliable. Girl, woo, woo, I am not impressed. Anyhow, uh, let me do my shout outs real quick. Uh, a lot of new faces and um, sad to some people are gone, but Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Radella, Linda, Lydia, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jalisa. Thank you for being day ones. Thank you for supporting this page. Olivia, we heart you. Thank you for jumping on board on Patreon. Uh, Donna over there at Anchor FM. I see you holding it down and I appreciate you guys. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to babble for the first five minutes just so I can get my thoughts back together. But yeah, you guys, um, this internet business, you know, I stream everything. I stream everything. I, I stream everything. I do interviews. Uh, via Zoom streaming, uh, I do my shows streaming, I stream my TV, like everything is streaming. And so this whole internet thing is really blowing my mind because like this company has a monopoly in my area. So I feel like I'm like locked in um, and I'm just, you know what, Esfrey, it's not YouTube, it's Spectrum. I tried to go live and then it didn't go live. And then I couldn't get on. My internet was down. And then it was like a big mess. So it wasn't It wasn't YouTube. It wasn't YouTube. It was my streaming service that is not being reliable. And I'm mad about it. Anywho, um, you guys. So the Melanated Way is growing, right? It's growing. And I love, I love that about it. And I love that for us. However, there are a lot of nasty people out there, and I just, I'm in shock. Like, I'm in shock. I'm in shock that we're all grown adults, and we should just know better. And I had to, like, put some people on punishment. I had to block a bunch of people because what you're not about to do, if you know anything about me and about the melanated way, what we're not about to do is we're not about to attack children. Like we're just not doing that. We're not attacking children. We're not 
I don't care. Oh my God, Crystal. Thank you so much. I need one of those things that Nikki has. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, I appreciate you. I, I'm going to need to do something because this spectrum is not the business. It's not the business. It's it's messing with my mojo. Anyhow, what I was about to say is that I get that we choose to be on TV. And I get that people decide like, hey, I'm going to be a reality show person. But that doesn't mean you get to go ahead and attack the children. You just don't. You don't get to attack the children. And I'm not for it. And so let's just not do that. And I've said that. And anyone that knows, you can ask any of the day ones that are in the live chat. They're going to tell you, we don't go for that here. That is not our business. So with all that being said, let's get into the show. Happily ever after. Indecent proposal. All right, y'all. Angela. Y'all, Angela be killing me. She be killing me. When she said that she was sacrificing quitting smoking for the both of them, no, Angela, you're sacrificing quitting for yourself. You want to do it for your health. You want to do it so that you can actually have a long life, not only for yourself, but for your children and for your grandbabies. You're Meemaw. You're Meemaw. So Mima needs to stick around because you're the sole bread provider for all these people in your house. So when you're supposed to quit smoking, then maybe you should be quitting smoking, you know, because you're having this major surgery. I was just super confused by it. Hey, Stevie. Um, so then she's still smoking, but she has the patch on you guys. Like, isn't that dangerous too? Like the patch and smoking at the same, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I, I'm sure that that's dangerous too. So she, anyway, she's in LA. She gets her hotel. She's exhausted. She talks to Michael. She's super excited about the surgery she's getting. And Michael's kind of not for it. Oh, Rydella. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You guys are going to make me cry. I was so stressed out. It's like 8.48. I was all ready. And, you know, I was sitting on my com com comfy couch because, you know, that's where I like to sit. My lighting was all good. And then I was like, why is this internet not working? And why is it not allowing me on? And I was hot spotting. I was doing the most. I was doing the most. I will say this. Sprint is now T-Mobile. I've been there with them since I've been here. And they they haven't steered me wrong. And I don't know, I don't know, but I appreciate you, Rodella. Thank you so very much. Um, so anyways, she is tired. Michael's like, you know what, you don't really need the surgery. Why don't you just not get the surgery and you and I can just live happily ever after? And I was like, oh Michael, don't you know your woman? Because she even says it. She says, you know what? No man's control me. No man's control me. She doesn't say it like Juliana, Juliana says it, but she means the same thing. She says, uh, no man is going to tell her no. She's going to do what she wants to do. And nothing's going to stop that. And I absolutely believe that about Angela. She's going to do what she wants to do. So Michael better get on board or he's going to get run over. 
And that's exactly what she did. So she has a morning consultation. She's getting this gastric gastric bypass surgery by uh, Dr. Shashimi. Shashimi, am I saying it right? Shashimi is, is sushi, so it can't be that. Kashimi? Kashini? Dr. Kashini. I think that's it. Dr. Kashini. Um, <laughs> and she wants to make sure that she's getting the best of the best of the best of the best. And uh, I was like, well, I mean, Angela, what do you know about the best of the best? Just because they're in Beverly Hills, does that really mean that they're the best of the best? Like, I don't know. It could, but it could not. Just because your address is 90210, that really doesn't mean that you're like the best, but it could. I don't know. What do y'all think? Let me get down in these comments and see what y'all are saying. Hey, Amanda. Barbara says, some people are never grown, even if they become adult. Those are facts. Um, so she meets the doctor. The doctor is saying that she's going to get this thing that's called sleeve gastrotomy. And they're going to remove 75 to 80% of her stomach. And so, see, I don't even know where my cameras are with this computer. So it's going to be like this big. So because she's going to get fuller faster, she's going to stop eating. And that's and her stomach is going to shrink. And that's how she's going to lose weight. And then they said, Natasha, I'm going to talk about Natasha separately, you guys, because Natasha, anywho. Um, they said that in the first of four to six weeks that she's going to lose a bunch of weight all at once. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is like some serious business. However, the doctor was like, is that a pack of cigarettes in your boobs? And sure enough, Angela had forgotten that she, she her purse, she forgot to unload her purse. And all of a sudden... She's stuck, right? Because she'd been lying. She'd been lying that she quit smoking. She was lying that she was on the liquid diet. She was lying about all these things. And she was still doing whatever she wanted to do because that's Angela. And she got busted. And not only did she have cigarettes in there, but she also had uh, her lighter in there. And I was like, oh, Angela. Like, honestly, Angela, can we do better, be better? Can we? Can we? Can we? Because... This is not a good look. And then you know what confused me, you guys, is that they sat there and told her that smoking, continuing to smoke, is going to decrease her blood flow, increase infection rate. She can have major complications, including death. And they're like, hey, chew gum, exercise, do anything else, but don't smoke. And instead, she was like, well, can I smoke after? Angela, did you just hear that they said you could die? You could die from this surgery. You could get heart attack, blood clots, stroke, pneumonia, kidney failure, or death. And you want to ask if you could smoke after. Are we are we taking this seriously? Because, I mean, your life depends on it, honestly. So is a cigarette and the extra food that you're eating instead of being on a liquid diet worth it?
<laughs> oh, Amanda. Amanda says, I bet she has all kinds of stuff in there. Candy, an iPod shuffle from 2009, a literal egg. Okay, so then, you know, you guys, I get to, okay, let me finish that thought. So what was crazy to me is that, so they knew that she was still smoking and then she was still eating solid foods, but they were going to go ahead and do the surgery the next day anyways. Like, how does that work? Like, you just said that she could die. What's happening? Like, isn't, I don't know, like, has anyone had this surgery? And if you have, let me know in the comments below. Let me know in the live chat. Isn't there like a time frame you have to wait? If this person is still smoking and telling you she's still smoking, still eating, do you still do the surgery the next day? Like, what's the incentive for her to quit if you're just going to do it? I don't get it. Amanda said, I'm sure there was also a cake and a Coke in there. <laughs> um, Crystal says, these consults were staged for timing. No one would do this consult and then schedule surgery the next day. Yeah, I don't think that it was possible, considering she was not doing what she was supposed to be doing. Um, okay, so the first thing that distracted me, you guys, was her boobs. So you know when she was, like, showing the doctor her boobs and she lifted it up? Well, she lifted up her yellow tank top and then her boob didn't pop back in. So every time the camera would go to her, her boob was just popping out. Like, I was like, is, is no one in production going to tell her that her boob is not back in her shirt? Are we just going to do Angela like that? Because it was distracting me. I was trying to listen. And, you know, I take copious notes. I was trying to take all my notes. And yet her boob was distracting me. Anyone else notice that? So that was the first thing that I noticed. And then the second thing I noticed was Natasha, who was like the patient coordinator. And Natasha was coming with all the shades. Like if she could give Angela any more side eyes for um, all of it, for not quitting smoking, for finding cigarettes in her boob, for finding the lighter in her boob. And then as we move on and we talked about, talk about Dr. Obang, she, Natasha was not feeling Angela at all. She was like, oh no friend. Not I, no friend, you are not the business. She was not feeling it whatsoever. So I thought that was interesting and distracting. And then can we talk about her outfit? Because y'all want to talk about being professional in Beverly Hills at a doctor's office with a bunch of surgeons, plastic surgeons, gastric bypass surgeons, and you have a hat, a crop top on? Where, where'd you buy your suit? And I didn't even know they make suits like that. I mean, I know that they make going out outfits like that, but is that a suit that you wear to Beverly Hills fancy dootsy do office? You got a little bandeau top on and a jacket on and you're sitting on the counter all chill. I, it was, <laughs> I mean, what what is happening, you guys? Well, there was so much going on. I mean, I could talk about this whole little get up for this whole show, but I won't, but I could. Yeah, Crystal says, Natasha's outfit though, where were we going? And Amanda says, wearing a bandeau top and a jacket at work, it was swooning. <laughs> I just, I, it distracted me. So on the one hand, I got a half top, on the other hand, I got a boob, and I'm supposed to be paying attention. It was a little hard. 
So Angela doesn't want to give up her Coke, Cokes that she drinks and her smokes, her Cokes and her smokes. And even though she knows that she could die, she doesn't want to give up her Coke and her smokes. So um, I'm wondering if my banners are still there. Oh, yay, they're still here. Um, oh, but the new ones are not. Boo. So I'm just going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you. Do you guys think that Angela is going to be committed to a healthier lifestyle after the surgery? Do you think Angela is going to be committed to a healthier lifestyle after the surgery? So as you guys think about that question, let me know in the comments below and definitely let me know in the live chat. Um, the one doctor, uh, Dr. Kashini, he only does the bypass. And Dr. Obeng, who's the plastic surgeon, is going to come in and deal with like the loose skin. So Dr. Obang, who's Guinean, we're, that's where my family's from, you guys. So I had an affinity towards him. Plus, he's fine. But I'm going to give you a little backstory that I didn't know that I learned today that I was like, oh, okay. So first of all, um, Angela's flirting with Dr. Obang. And it made me super, super uncomfortable. I don't know about you guys, but it made me super uncomfortable that she's flirting. And then she was like, you're too handsome to be my doctor. And then when she said that she, he was going to medically fondle her boobs, I was like, why are, Why is she being so inappropriate? She's being so inappropriate that it was making it awkward as uh. It was making it so awkward. I felt awkward. I felt uncomfortable. And I thought if the roles were reversed and it was a lady doctor and a male doctor doing that, the end, the end of the consultation, we're not doing this. Do you know what I mean? It was, she made it super awkward. She made it sexual when it didn't need to be sexual. And I don't know if it was because she was feeling insecure because she did say that you know she feels insecure and you know what's interesting you guys and I think a lot of people are like this you know the really extra loud in your face type people sometimes that is like a mask it's like a protection it's like a defense mechanism because inside they're insecure people so the ones that attack you real quick and uh, right all bark, all bark, they go home. And like she said, look in the mirror and, and they're insecure. She literally said that. And so I thought that was really, really interesting. And so if she is indeed like that insecure and like wants to better herself both inside and outside, then she shouldn't make it awkward because she was making it all kinds of awkward. And I just was not feeling any of the awkwardness. It was, it was uncomfortable for me to watch. Um, Barbara says that she's had it and most doctors will say no, that they will stop until they know for sure that you have quit everything that you should be quitting. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense. So listen to this, you guys. So I don't know how many of you guys watch like all the reality shows, but Dr. I'm going to give you a little background on Dr. Bang that I was discussing with a friend today and, she put two and two together and I was like, oh my God. So Dr. Obang used to be married to Vanessa Obang. Do you guys know who Vanessa Obang is? She's from the Second Wives Club. And remember her? Do you guys remember? They've got like five kids together. She kind of gave up her career for 
her doctor husband. And um, it was like a whole thing. And uh, so I thought it was interesting because it's this Dr. Obang, the same Dr. Obang that did like Gorilla Girl, Gorilla Glue Girl's hair. Um, but yeah, he had a whole, guys, he had a whole situation. I don't know if any of you guys have watched Second Wives Club, but he had a whole side mistress. The side mistress got messy, got involved in their lives, attacked, like, the child, like, not physically attacked, but, like, went after the children, knew about the wife, but still was the side piece, but wanted to be the main piece. It was, like, a whole messy situation. And here I am thinking it was, like, you know, just Dr. Obang. But Dr. Obang has his own history uh, with reality TV, and he has his own history with infidelity. So I was like, oh, Lord. So just FYI. So Angela makes it super awkward. Um, They're telling her that she's going to have to get a breast reduction and she can do it at the same time she's getting this gastric bypass. And then after she's going to need lipo on her arms, her thighs, her stomach, and her face, like for all the loose chin. So she's going to have to go in for another surgery. And if you, you may or may not know. um, So Angela is doing all of this for, uh, 90 Day Fiance, but she's also the new Mama June. So for WeTV, that extreme makeover show, whatever that's called, can't remember. But whatever that show is, she's the new Mama June. So all the stuff that she's doing, um, she's doing it for that show as well. And, and if you guys watch my news and gossip on Wednesday, you guys knew about this um, last year. So it's a thing. Like So she's committed to it, even if she's not committed to it, because someone's going to make her do it. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, then, you know, when she heard that she had to get a breast reduction, she was starting to have second thoughts because she said, Michael is on board, which he isn't. Michael's been telling her, just don't do it. But she's saying that he's supporting her. Okay. Uh, as long as she doesn't touch his boobie, her boobies, because he loves her boobies. And so Dr. Obeng is like, yeah, African men love big boobs. I was like... Why Why are we having this conversation at the doctor's office? Like, seriously, why? Why are we making sexual? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, you guys. So that was Angela. She was doing the most. And I will say this, though. She makes good TV. She makes for good TV. Her little sayings, her over-the-topness, she makes for good TV. Is it always appropriate? No. But she makes for good TV. Uh, then we had Tiffany and, you know, I haven't seen them for so long. And normally I think like the backstory, since we all know them is too much, but I actually needed it for her. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about her. But what I do love is that Tiffany is a marketer. Tiffany came out with her blush palette. Cause you know, she's got her Addie Rose going. She's like, I'm going to get 90 day to give me some exposure. I'm a single mom. I got to do what I got to do to feed my kids. Um, so I was super impressed that she did that. She's like, yeah, I'm trying to do a YouTube video and she's trying to do it with Carly and Danielle and Carly's all in her, her blush palette. And as you guys may or may not know, that's the first thing she's coming out with is this, uh, palette of, of makeup. That's her first thing for her Addie Rose line. So good on her for like cocking in. I was, I was about that life. Um, so 
I had forgotten a little bit about her backstory, how she was like 18 and she was pregnant up until the day she, her water broke. She didn't know she was pregnant, that she was having her period the whole time through. So she didn't know. And then wham, bam, she's a parent. I had forgotten about that. Um, and the, the time frame of her and Ronald had forgotten about a little bit too. Right. So they met, she went to South Africa when she was 27 on some trip that I don't remember. Was it a random trip? Because by then she was always already a parent. Was it just like a, I need some time alone. Like, what was that? Anyhow, she goes there, she meets Ronald. Um, six months later, he proposes and wham, bam, they're, they're going to get married. So she didn't know who was a gambling addict and a criminal. And so she jumped into a bunch of stuff that, you know, she didn't know about. And it was, good that we got to have that that uh replay because i yeah i kind of had forgotten about how crazy the relationship was in the very beginning um so she says she moved to south africa and you guys you know i talk about this a lot like what do we consider moving i feel like if you stay somewhere for less than a year you didn't move there if you stay there for two months, that doesn't mean you move. If you stay there for three months, it doesn't mean you moved. It means you're on an extended stay. I've been plenty of places for months on end. Does it? I can't then say I moved there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But she moved to South Africa uh, to marry Ronald is what she's saying. They argued about their finances. She got pregnant. And then she didn't want to have the baby in South Africa, so she came back to America. Um, and then as soon as Carly was three months old, she went back. And again, I don't remember when they went back. Like, I don't, I don't remember her being there. And that scene that they showed where, uh, he was like, well, you can go, but Carly's going to stay. I was like, when was this? I need to rewatch their season. Has it been that long ago? Cause I didn't. Okay. Um, but she was like, no, I, I'm not going to stay. And Carly's not going to stay. And now they went back again, right? Because they were arguing too much. And they were going to get this CR1 visa, which is the spousal visa instead. Uh, COVID hits. It's been eight months. And since they've seen each other, and Ronald's a deadbeat dad, literally. A deadbeat dad doesn't do anything. Doesn't emotionally support her. Doesn't financially support them. He does nothing. And you know, we already know that because I kept thinking, what is his job? He he said, and we'll get to Ronald, he said he does some odds and ends. What what odds and ends are you doing? And why like what are you doing? You're 31. Like what job do you have? And how do you feel like you're gonna support a family if the family comes and lives with you if you're not doing it for yourself right now? I'm just I'm very confused by that. Um, yeah, Crystal, she visited. She did not move there. It was visits. I agree with that 100%. So, um, <laughs> we see Tiffany go to this attorney. I don't know, Crystal, was some of that footage from their quarantine or what now? Maybe. I don't remember seeing it and I don't remember it being a part of their storyline. I'm going to probably have to go back and look because I thought it was really interesting. Um, but 
Tiffany goes to see this attorney about the spousal visa, tells him that they're waiting on a response, and um, he's just asking her questions like, have you, have you ever lived together? Do you guys have kids together? She's like, the longest we've been together was three months. And again, that's not living somewhere, in my opinion. You're on an extended stay, in my opinion. Um, and she's, she thinks she might want a divorce. She doesn't know if this marriage is right for her anymore. And she says a lot has happened in the past few months. And it's hard that he's in another country, but she feels like it will be harder if he gets here because he's a deadbeat. He doesn't do anything. And she knows, and you know this, Mang. You've known this from the beginning. You went to South Africa and picked him up at rehab. If he hasn't changed in the two years you've been married, I don't know if a leopard's going to change his spots. Like, is a leopard going to change his spots? I, I, I'm just saying, like, I guess it's a debate whether people can change or they don't change. It's a debate. It's debatable. Whatever you guys think. Some people can change. Some people cannot change. It's a matter if they want to, I think. However, what has he shown you in the past two years to say that he's changing? Because if you're literally having a therapy session with your attorney, and not only just a regular attorney, but a divorce attorney, then you might want to reevaluate whether you really want to be with this man or not. So, and the lawyer even says this, the lawyer, because she's like, oh, you know, he's not supportive and she's scared. And um, what if it's the same when he gets here? Like he's a good dad, but he's a bad spouse. And I don't know if I still want this relationship. But then again, I do want the relationship to succeed. I don't know if I'm ready to give up on the relationship. And the lawyer says, you know, this sounds like a counselor issue and not a law issue. <laughs> Y'all, I fell out. <laughs> I fell out. I fell out. That was the funniest thing. That was the funniest thing of the episode. Because I was like, yeah, you know what? Exactly, Crystal. She had a whole therapy session at the lawyer's office. Um, and as for a, hey, girl, hey, she wasn't realistic from the start. They told her at the rehab it was not a good idea. She married him anyways. Those are all facts. Those are all facts. She did what she wanted and she's still doing what she wanted. And I, I'm going to say this. I think that Ronald must be amazing in bed because what else is he bringing to the table? Because we then saw Ronald's side, right? And Ronald was like on his bike, on his motorcycle, going to the store. He's getting this bear or not a bear. It was a stuffed elephant and then he goes to his friend Rowan's house and he's talking about how Tiffany's using his past against him. And but when they when the family gets to South Africa, she's gonna see that he's the man and the head of the household. Um, okay, let's hold on to that thought. The fact that you want to be the head of the household. Um, and then yeah, you only have odd jobs, and then Tiffany calls, right? So Tiffany calls with the kids and cute Daniel, cute Carly was getting all excited to see dad and all of that. And then they had an adult conversation. And Tiffany said, you know what? I canceled the tickets because it's not fair that I'm always paying. And I was so pissed off you guys in this moment. I was, I was livid 
in this moment. If you want us to come, she says, you buy the tickets. And he's like, I can't make that kind of money to see the family. I can't do it. And then he's like making excuses about exchange rates and all of this. And she's like, well, listen, you went and fixed your motorcycle. You paid $3,000 and that was US dollars. So you could have, but you didn't. And I can't, she's like, I can't do it all on my own. So at that moment, you guys, I realized that Tiffany is supporting not only herself and her two kids, but she's also supporting Ronald. And I was livid. I was like, this man has the audacity to have an attitude that she canceled the tickets and how dare she. And now he can't see her family, his family yet. He doesn't want to put one penny in. And then when she talked about, well, you know, maybe I'll do a thousand and you do 400. He's like, well, your 400 and my 400 are not the same. Well, that you're missing the point. Cause you're the dad. And you just said five minutes ago that you wanted to be the head of the household and show everyone that you could be a man. Yet here you are allowing for Tiffany to pay for everything and you not putting one penny in nor even offering to put one penny in and then having an attitude about it. So when she said, you know what? No more babying him. No more like this is this is going to be easy breezy. You're just going to do whatever you want. And I got this. I'm going to play mom and dad and wife and caretaker. And it just gave me like Stephanie vibes in the sense that Stephanie's, you know, saying that she takes care of everyone and she's the money, the bank. That's how I felt with Ronald. I feel like Ronald was acting like she's the bank. And it's not okay. Those, those are your children. You're, you're like my boy, my boy all the time, and my daughter. But you're not, <laughs> you're not contributing at all. And you think that this little elephant that you bought is gonna make everything better as soon as they come. Here's your elephant. Okay, so Tiffany, you got money for some food for the kids. You got money for diapers for the baby, like. You're going to go cook some dinner, but you're probably going to have to buy the groceries first because, you know, I only do odds and ends. <laughs> Bizarre. Uh, Crystal says, I do remember, though, that she didn't trust him with money at all when they lived together in South Africa. She didn't want him to have any kind of money in his pocket. Right, because he's the gambling addict. You know, he sold his mom's refrigerator. And he stole money and he has a criminal background. And so her not knowing that when she originally agreed to marry him scared her. So she had every right not to trust him. And, and lo and behold, two years later, she says that he doesn't contribute whatsoever, not even emotionally, not financially. And every time she's gone over there, she's bought all the family's tickets. And we saw it today. We saw, or not today. We saw it yesterday. I watched it today. Um, where he had an attitude about it. She canceled the tickets and he had an attitude about it and then wanted it to talk nickel and dimes. Come on now. All right, Brandon and Julia. Brandon and Julia. So uh, they're still in Vegas. Julia wants to live there. Uh, she just wants to live in a big city, you guys, really. I think if she went to any big city, Chicago, 
New York, Los Angeles, Miami, any of the big cities, anywhere really, uh, she would be happy. She just doesn't want to live on a farm. And so she says she doesn't want to stay at the farm forever. And she wants to like try to convince Brandon to move. Um, but Brandon's not moving, you guys. I realized that Brandon really likes that low-key farm life. Like, he wants to live in a small town, which is totally fine. But say that. Don't say, like, hey, yeah, we're going to move to a big city because that's what she's going to hold on to. I think that he likes the small town living. Uh, so, anyways, they're at the pool. A cocktail server comes over. And Julia, we learn, is a really jealous person. And Julia thought that Brandon was chucking up the cocktail server. And her line was hilarious to me when she said, he's mine and I don't believe in girlfriends. And I want to know what you guys believe. And I think I've asked you guys this before, but it'd be interesting to see what, what you guys in the live chat think. Um, can men and women just be friends? Can they be platonic friends and one not want to be sexual with the other? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. But she's a jealous person. She admits it. She trusts him, but she doesn't trust women because she said, I am woman. <laughs> I'm going to use that line all the time. But I don't trust women because I am women. I love it. I love it. Uh, so she got a little snippy. Um, she felt a little insecure. She mentioned the whole boob job thing, right? She felt like her boobs weren't big enough. And then the cocktail waitresses, uh, boobs were bigger than hers. And so that made her feel insecure. So I hope we're not going to see, well, whatever. It's her body, her choice. But I wouldn't be surprised if she's the next 90 day fiance cast member we see get plastic surgery. Um, and then they're in the pool and Brad, she's like, take pictures of me. And I was like, oh, Brandon's being the perfect Instagram husband. You know how you're like, your friends get the right angle no, to the left, to the right, to the side, right? Brandon's like the perfect Instagram husband. He was getting all the angles and all, all the pictures. And so then Betty calls and Betty says like, hey, how's it going, blah, blah. There's mail for Julia. It's from immigration, customs and immigration. Want me to open it? Betty, who are you fooling? We already know you opened it. We already know you read it. But you're now like backtracking, like, hey, let me just ask them. Because as soon as they were like, yeah, 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 she was already reading it. There wasn't like an opening of an envelope. She was like, yeah. And immigration said that you have, you know, I was like, oh, Lord, you're opening up Julia's mail now. Y'all need to quickly get out of that farm. For real, for real. For real, for real. Um. So she has her green card appointment and uh, she, they're both excited about it because she means she thinks that it means that she can move. She can um, live the dream she has of America. She can start working. They can buy a house and all of that where it's just, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen the way she thinks it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen the way she wants it to happen because when they went out for dinner, First of all, they went out to dinner in Vegas. Everyone else is wearing a mask, but they walked in with no mask, which was really weird to me because, you know, they filmed it in the midst of the pandemic, but whatever. 
I know that they probably got their COVID shots or their COVID testing at that time and they were cleared and, you know, it's a production. I, I get all that. I just thought it was weird because you two are gallivanting in the restaurant with no mask. But then when I get to Natalie and Mike, they see each other and they each quickly put their masks on. It, was, it just didn't make a little any sense to me, but whatever. Yeah, Barbara, I just said that. So I just said that uh, he spent, when we're talking about uh, Ronald, he did spend $3,000 to fix the bike and he spent $3,000 American money to fix that bike and didn't give a penny of it to his children or his wife to support them. Anyhow, back to Brandon and Julia. So they're having this like nice dinner and Julia's like super excited because it's a beautiful spot. And anyone that goes to Vegas, you know, any restaurant seems gorgeous because that's what it's about service and hospitality in Vegas and bright lights, big city. Right. So I could see how she got like wowed by the experience. Um, so she wants him to commit to moving. And he says, I can promise that we can, and I've never been, you guys, I've never been to Richmond, Virginia, but I'm sure it's bigger than the farm that they're living on. So he's like, I can commit to Richmond, Virginia. And then from there we can figure it out. And <laughs> I was like, no shade, but I don't, think that that was what she was thinking when she was thinking like big city girl. I, I'm thinking she's thinking more New York, Las Vegas, Chicago, but Richmond will do. Here's the part that I didn't like you guys. I didn't like the fact that, okay, so we know, and if you guys follow her on social media or anything like that, she is, she has a degree in what wedding planning and designing, like she's a designer. And so she wants to do that out here in, in America. She wants to be either a wedding planner or designer. And Brandon, instead of being, because I think, and I'm not married, but I would think that your spouse should be your biggest cheerleader and supporter. But he was a super Debbie Downer, a super Debbie Downer. Like he was like not supportive whatsoever. And then said to her face, well, how are you going to be a wedding planner or designer when you don't even speak English and you don't write English. I was like, oh, wow, that was harsh. And that was mean. That was mean. How about, oh my God, you have such great big dreams and aspirations. Let's see how we're going to make that happen. How about that? But no, I think that, and then Brandon wants to talk about being a realist. And I'm going to say this. When Julia said, this is why you live on the farm, I said facts. Those are facts. He can't see outside his bubble, right? And so I, I don't understand how Brandon, and I don't, we don't really know what his job is, but he's in pest control, right? And he lives at home. He is 28, which is closer to 30 and not to 20. I always say that. And he doesn't really have any money, but he doesn't have any bills because he lives at home. So where's all this money going? And if you're so great and you're so amazing at your job, then you would think that you would want your spouse to be just as amazing and you would support anything that she wanted to do. Like, that's what I would think was the right thing. However, if you're small minded, right. And you, you're like, and okay. 
there's a saying, and I'm going to say it like this. There's a saying, and I might be butchering it, but this is how I remember it. So it is what it is. Y'all know how I am with sayings. So there are two types of people in the world. They're the campers and the climbers. Okay. And both are equally awesome. Both have equally great experiences, but they're different individuals and they have different experiences when they go to the mountain. The camper is going to pack up all their stuff, right? Load up the car, load up their people, and they're going to be super excited. They're going to get to the mountain and they're going to find the camping ground that everyone is camping at, right? They're going to say hi to, to Bob and Tom and Julie and Shirley, and they're going to be super happy to see all the same people that are like them that like to camp. They're going to take out all their gear. They're going to high five, going to have some beers, going to put up their tent, and they're going to have a jolly old time, okay? They're going to run in the lake and sleep in their sleeping bags. They're going to have a great old time, and they're going to camp. And that's just fine, right? They're going to camp with everyone else. Then you have the climbers, and the climbers aren't taking a bunch of stuff to weigh them down. They're going to take the essentials that they need and they're going to go to the mountain and they're going to get to the mountain. They're going to see the same camping ground that all the campers are. are. They might have like some highs and buys, be very cordial, probably, you know, stop off at the restroom and off they go. They're climbing the mountain. Okay. They, they climb, climb, climb. They get to like the second area they might have a little rest, a little bit of water, but their purpose is to climb the mountain, right? So they keep climbing, keep climbing, and they climb till they get to the top of the mountain. And they might be exhausted. They might have to sleep over because it's taking them a little bit longer. But the goal isn't to camp. The goal is to get to the top of the mountain, okay? Two types of people, both equally important, but have two different visions, and I think that Brandon is a camper. Brandon would camp with his parents and the neighbor who, where the hell is the neighbor, by the way? Remember the neighbor that was supposed to be taking care of the farm? Did she get fired? Anyhow, Brandon's a camper and Julia's a climber. Julia, if you guys know and remember, from Russia, but when they met, she was living in South Korea. She speaks Korean. She was like doing, you know, she was dancing, but she was also going to school. She was learning new languages. You feel me? You, you see what I'm saying? So they're they're different. So I, I'm not surprised that he's a super Debbie Downer about her big goals and aspirations, but I'm going to say this to anyone watching right now, anyone watching the replay, don't let someone who has a small mind ever, ever tell you that your dreams are too big. Don't let anyone downgrade and not be supportive of your dreams because just because they can't see it doesn't mean it can't come true. And it doesn't mean that you can't attain it. Okay. You can't attain it. I just read this thing about Tiffany uh, Haddish, Haddish, who grew up in foster care, couldn't read and look at her now. If you dream big enough and you believe in yourself and you have the faith and trust in God that it's going to happen, it will happen. But along the way, you're going to have a bunch of people that are going to say, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. Oh, that's too risky or that goal is too big or that dream is too big or you're too old or you're too fat or too skinny. 
again, those people are narrow-minded. They're not risk takers, okay? Campers, climber, both equally important. But if you ever dream, go for it. All right, on to the next. Wusa, Elizabeth and Andre. Elizabeth and Andre. I want to say this because I know a lot of this family is polarizing. People either love them or they hate them. There's no in between. Um, except for me, I'm in between. <laughs> I'm in between. I don't love them. I don't hate them. I'm just in between. However, a lot of people love to hate them and they are very polarizing. I'll say that. So, uh, as we all know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Andre are doing the most. Andre wants to get into the family business. Chuck has hold, is holding like a family business meeting at her sister Becky's house. And Andre's not invited, which has also gotten his butt in a big twist because he feels he should be there. He feels like, why well, have a family meeting? I just want to work with Chuck. Everyone else has nothing to do with it. I just want to work with Chuck. And I told him that. Okay, well, again, it's the family business. So what's not about to happen, it's not about to be the Chuck and Andre show. Like, let's get that out of your head, Andre, immediately, if not sooner. Uh, so Elizabeth has to explain to Andre that it was Chuck's decision not to have him at the meeting because, you know, he's the topic and he wants to be able to speak freely and openly to the rest of the family in order to see if Andre can come on board. But ultimately it's Chuck's decision because Chuck, can you imagine, I'm just side noting this, but can you imagine how much pressure Chuck has? Chuck supports his whole family, every single child. And you know, what I didn't know is that there were a bunch of other kids. There are a bunch of other kids. Like they just, there's a bunch of them and he supports all of them. And this little crew of Charlie, Jen, Becky, Meg, uh, Elizabeth, now Andre. And like, I don't even know what Becky's husband's name is. He's like, you know, when I said no new friends, they didn't even put his little name up on the screen for me to write it down. No new friends. Stop adding new people that we're not going to see next, next season. It's irritating. Anyhow, Chuck supports all of these people, plus all the other kids that he has, that he has, like, that's exhausting, the family business. Anyhow, um, so, Barbara's sticking up for Richmond. Let me just throw that up there. Barbara says, Richmond is a bigger city with an active nightlife, and it has so much more uh, right now. They are just out on a farm on the middle of big empty roads. Richmond is a big clustered together city. That's great. That's great. I think then that's great. I've never been there, so that would probably be perfect for Julia. She'll be happy. Okay, so <clears throat> they're going to have this meeting. Andre says, quote, I'll do whatever I have to do for the 100K. So go, Elizabeth, stand up for me, do whatever you got to do, because Chuck has to allow me to work for him so that I can do whatever I got to do to get that 100K. Okay? That just 
the entitlement alone. So she gets there and Becky says that they're having sushi. Becky's hand rolled them on her own. And Chuck starts talking about Andre wanting to join. Well, not wanting to join the business. Chuck explains how Andre met with him and he's mocking the way Andre is talking and Elizabeth's not having it. She's like, you know, this is supposed to be a business meeting. I don't like that you're mocking how my husband talks. You know, we should just be professional. And I agree with her. And then Charlie, y'all, Charlie was already drunk. He was already drunk. Like he was already slurring his words. He was already, I was like, this fool's drunk. He's already drunk. Um, <clears throat> so he starts talking, saying that Andre is from a poor communist country and he should come here and bust his ass and prove himself and not expect handouts. <laughs> okay. I'm an immigrant. And I just want to say that as an immigrant, this, and not all Americans, but there are a lot of Americans that have this holier or now America's the greatest. I'm American and we're the best. We get the best. And you immigrants are so poor. And you come here and take our money. And you take our, like, can we just stop with all that? Can we just, can we just stop? It's, ignorant it's embarrassing to see and hear and quite frankly it's not right it's not true so i'm gonna need all the people that think that to open their minds go travel the world and come back with a better perspective because the perspective that you've been taught and i don't know who taught it i don't know where it comes from but wherever wherever you're getting it from i need you to just go and explain expand your horizons and come back with a better understanding of the world. Anyhow, Chuck's, uh, excuse me, Charlie says that Andre is going to have to prove himself to the family. And Chuck's like, well, you know, I'm willing to mentor him as long as you guys are willing to work with him. Because what I'm not about to do is hand over $100,000 to someone who doesn't, who's never had an experience, but I will mentor him. And once he has the experience, then Chuck is willing to, you know, revisit this hundred thousand. Jen is hesitant. Becky says she's willing to work with Andre, but he's not going to replace her. And Charlie says that Andre's a criminal, that Andre hit him, and that he should come, quote, kiss our asses and say sorry. Now, What's the saying? Game recognizes game. I'm starting to learn that that's exactly what's going on with Charlie and Andre. Game recognizes game because guess what? You're calling Andre a criminal because you said, you know, he got run out of Moldova. But I personally, and I posted it, you guys are free to go and check out 90 Day the Melanated Way on social media. I, I reposted it, but 
I've seen a mugshot for Charlie. I've seen a mugshot for Jen. I've seen a mugshot for um, Chuck. And I've seen a mugshot for Betty. For Becky, excuse me, that's her name, Becky. So what you're not about to do, unless you're calling a spade a spade, is call Andre Criminal because it takes one to know one. Next, you said that he hit you. Well, as I recall, you stood up and like was doing the chest bump thing, ready to fight him. Uh, so again, let's call a spade a spade. And then when you're saying that he should come kiss your asses, well, you also went to his wedding and stood up and told him uh, that when he came to the U.S. that he should be prepared to work hard and not live off of his dad and not to ask his dad for shit. So there's that. So maybe you need to go and say your story as well. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it could be tit for tat. Like, if we want to go there, we can go there. Now, I this is not to excuse Andre's behavior because his behavior and attitude is terrible as far as I'm concerned. It's terrible. Unnecessary. Totally um just privilege for no reason spending some other people's money for no reason all, all of it but again you know charlie if you're gonna call it what it is you're gonna have to go ahead and take that mirror and like spin it back on yourself because all the things you're complaining about all the things that andre rightfully could say to your face so there's that so then Elizabeth says that her husband is trying. And I put a question mark because, you know, I they've been married for some time now. He's been in the U.S. for some time now. And before he came, same thing as Ronald. I'm going to be the head of the household and I'm the man of the house. And then five seconds later, oh, I just want to stay home and be Mr. Mom, which is a job. I get it. But you're trying what? Because you haven't wanted to work since you got here. So what part are you trying? Because you got your real estate license, that part you're, you're trying because it seems to me that you went from getting your real estate license to wanting a hundred thousand so you could flip houses, even though you've never flipped a house in your life. And even though like average people have to go to, you know, get, numerous loans from family and friends and the bank to make it happen and put a business together. You just think the bank of Charlie should just hand over a hundred K because he's paid for your wedding. He's paid for your house. He's paid for the roof over your head. He probably pays your food. So you just expect it because that's what Charlie does because Charlie wants to do it for his daughter. So now you're like, you feel entitled to it, which is like the whole thing. So again, and Andre is no saint. Um, and so I agree. I think it's sad that she has to stand up for him all the time. Um, cause he's not working and I don't think he really does want to work. You guys like, yeah, you got the real estate license, but you want the money in order to flip the place that you've never flipped before. So like, are you willing to do the hard work to get there? Cause it, it sounds to me like you don't and you have all these stipulations like I'm not going to work with this person I only want to work with him and I want to do this and I'm only going to work with him if he gives me the money okay I mean again what what's your work experience because I, I 
I recall that you were a bouncer at some point and maybe you were on the police force for like five seconds and now you had your real estate license for two seconds, but you think you can manage a hundred thousand that should be given to you just because yikes. So I do feel for, I do for feel for Elizabeth always having to stick up for him for the family and towards the family. However, I think that she enables it as well, right? Because you know who your husband is, you married him, you know who he is and you know what he comes with and what he doesn't come with. So at some point, and I think we saw that today where she like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Because I think that it's embarrassing for her because she also does know that, yeah, I have to be team Andre because he's my husband, but I also know he's out of pocket sometimes and, and he's out of pocket here. So, um, <laughs> she's sad that she has to stand up for him all the time. And then she says where he comes from, people work hard. And then I was like, but where has he shown us or even you, Elizabeth, that he's willing to work hard? He hasn't sh- like, so maybe where he's from, people are like that, but Andre is not like that. And I know you know this, he's your husband. And so when you say he's trying, I'm looking at you like, but is he? So she gets all upset, she storms out. Becky storms after her, don't go, don't go. It's this, it's that, whatever. Then the whole family comes out, Chuck plays like mediator, just say sorry to your sister and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, sorry, but dot, dot, dot. Honestly, I'm not really sorry. And I think that, what did he say? That he's doxing us. He's trolling us, he said. That he wants your money and that's it. And I agree, he just wants the money because when Elizabeth did come back to the house, you guys, she came back to the house and Andre literally says, I don't care, right? I knew that they were going to be a problem. I knew that they weren't going to support me and they were going to talk about me, but I'm going to do whatever I need to do to to get it done, to get my, so instead of the the 100K, to get my 100K. I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to get my 100K. Really? I mean, really, it's your 100K now? What did you do to earn that 100K? Or do you just feel entitled to it? Curious. Uh, Anyways, she explains to Andre that the whole family thinks that Charlie and him should sit down and hash it out. And I agree, they should sit down and hash it out because if they're going to be working together day in and day out trying to make that money then they're going to have to get past their differences. So I, I agree with that. And then Andre freaked out. He's never going to do it. No, 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 no. Okay. I thought you just said that you're going to do whatever it has to take to get your 100K. So you better go ahead and do that. Crystal says, um, Charlie feels threatened. He's trying to protect his inheritance. Uh, I agree with that. I also think that Charlie is so vocal because he recognizes himself in Andre 
and he doesn't want like he doesn't want his place in the family and the things that he does and the protections and things that Chuck does for him to all of a sudden swayed over to Andre. He's not having it. He holds his position in the family. He knows what it's about and that's it. And a little bit, I have to say, I kind of agree with him. Like Andre didn't come in and say, Hey, can I learn the ropes from you? And I just got my real estate license. Can I come? Because, you know, think about people that got the real estate license. They still have to go and get a job, but Andre has this gift in front of him. So he could easily say, hey, you listen, can I come and learn the ropes from you? I just got my real estate license. I want to get a little bit of, of experience under my belt. My long-term goal is I want to open up my own real estate agency and flip houses for myself. And I would love to be able to learn everything you know about the business in order for myself to do that. And then if you guys you know, believe in me enough, perhaps you would invest in my business. That's how you probably go about it. What you don't do is just get your real estate license today and tomorrow say, hey, I need 100K. I want to start my own business and flip houses. And then I'll just, you know, I'll flip the house, make some money, and I'll give you back the 100K. Really? Anyhow. Moving on to Isweli and Kalani. This was the most surprising to me. This is the most surprising of this episode to me because Isweli really stepped up his game. Okay? He stepped up his game. So it's date day. They went out for crepes. And he said that he knew that what they were, they were grapes, which I chuckled to myself because he was being typical as Waylu. And Kalani even admitted that uh, as Waylu has been acting better ever since they decided that they're going to buy a house together. He's been helping with the kids. He's been helping with the laundry, helping with the housework, all of that stuff. He's just been acting better. Um, so they're having this date day. Yet, as Willow still doesn't know that Colini is coming to stay with the family. And Kalani is known for about a week and hasn't told him and decides that, that she's going to tell him on date night that Kalani is arriving like the next tonight, that same night. And as Willow, in my opinion, was the adult in the situation. He's like, why didn't you tell me? Uh, he says, you know, welcoming the people in the house is important. And as a, and I was like, yes, those are my notes, yes. As an immigrant, same thing. You don't just have people over willy-nilly, you prepare for them. And like he said, you clean, yes. Flowers, yes. You, you make food, yes. And you stock your fridge, yes, with all the things that they like so that you are a hospitable host and that they have a good time and they feel comfortable. Do you know what I mean? So I was like team as Waylu this whole thing. This whole thing, I was like, yep. And then my second part was, as a wife, you should be communicating with your husband on a regular. You shouldn't be keeping things from him. If she had talked to him as soon as she found out, at least she gave him a week to like, if she was gonna, if he was gonna have a bad reaction, have time to digest it, talk about it, and be prepared for it instead of springing on him. Oh, by the way. She's coming tonight. If you thought he was going to have a bad reaction, wouldn't that just make it more volatile by the time you got home? So I thought that Kalani didn't use her words and didn't communicate. And I thought as Waylu in this situation was acting like the adult. And she wasn't believing him. She wasn't, she was doubtful. And that made me sad, but she was like, doubtful. She doesn't believe he's changed and he's 
saying, you know what? That's the past. Let's move forward. New beginnings. He wants a freshman, which I love a freshman. A fresh start is a freshman. Um, but she was doubtful of him. She, she thinks that he hasn't changed. She thinks that he uses his tears as a way and crying as a way of manipulation. And she doesn't really feel like these are his genuine feelings. And he, she's shocked that he was so responsible and so adult-like. And I was like, well, you've been begging him to change for, for years now. And he's finally changing and you're doubting him instead of encouraging him and saying, you know what? Thank you so much for this response. This is exactly what we've been working to, towards. So I'm proud of you. Like, I, I don't, I feel like, I feel like all the couples need a therapist. That's what I, I feel like that. I think they all need a therapist in order to work through the glaring communication stuff that's not happening. All of them, all, like, all of them. So I don't know, I was disappointed. I was disappointed and you know what? She, like she said that he has, she's doubtful because he's fooled her many a times and that has disappointed her. However, if that's your husband and you are trying to make it work, then you have to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Until you don't. And then when you don't, then you shouldn't be in that marriage anymore. That's, that's what I think. Um, that's it with them. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. I get it. You guys don't get me wrong. I get it as Willow has not been the most, um, mature however he did the right thing in this moment and i think that he should be applauded for that the other thing i wanted to mention is that like like it's not even their house it's the parents house so like at the end of the day i don't think any of them have a say on who stays there and who doesn't they're both the children kalani and kalini so if it's your parents' house and your sister's coming home to her parents' house, like you can't do anything about it and neither can his weightless. You guys are like, you don't, you're not the house owners. You, you see what I'm saying? Last and certainly least in my books for today, at least is Natalie and Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. It was his 36th birthday. They're celebrating at the hotel in Seattle. Um, and Natalie says that she wants the day to be extra special, uh, because since, and I threw throwing, these are my words, since she bought him the $3 ring, he's acting really good. <laughs> am I, am I an asshole for being that petty? Since she bought him the $3 ring, he's been acting really good. So he deserves to have an extra special birthday. I don't think I'm being petty. I think she's being petty, but it is what it is. Anywho, she's in the um, lobby of the hotel that they're staying at, which I guess because it's like COVID, like I get it. You're to food to go, whatever. I, I get it. So uh, she gets food and champagne. So she got some sushi. 
from his favorite sushi spot and uh, she calls him to come down. And what I thought was weird, and again, I noticed weird stuff, but as soon as he got off the elevator, he put his mask on and then she got up from the table to stand up to greet him and she put his, her mask on. And I was like, but are you two in the same bubble? Isn't that, I mean, I don't know how it works. I mean, I do know how it works. I don't know how it works for those two, but they put their mask on to greet each other, hug, do a mask kiss, sit down and then take their masks off. It was weird. Cause your husband and wife, you're are you in the, I, I mean, I don't know. So they sit down and then they do this to camera thing. And the to camera thing is they're talking about Thanksgiving and Mike is super excited about Thanksgiving. But I don't know if you guys noticed the body language. It looked like they didn't. Even, they don't like each other. Like at the, the, to camera, to the producers, their body language was off. But he was like super excited about Thanksgiving. All he was talking about was the Thanksgiving food that he's going to have, the chocolate pies, the turkey, the whipped cream, all of that stuff. And then, you know, suggested that Natalie cook some food uh, from Ukraine. And so she talked about like the goulash and the borscht, borscht. Um, but she's also having doubts about Thanksgiving, right? Because she's remembering that Trish tried to sabotage their wedding by saying, you know, could you stand up and be against it, right? And she also, Natalie also thinks that the reason why Mike called off the wedding two hours before they're having going to have their wedding is because that Trish was against it. And Trish, we all know, we all saw, like Mike takes her words to heart. So Natalie's having some issues and she's a little worried about going to Thanksgiving there. And, you know, so be it, I get it. Um, She wants to talk about it. Mike doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't want to talk about what his mom did, what his mom said, is not interested. And so I already know that that's like brewing in Natalie. I'm starting to understand Natalie's kind of crazy. Like that's brewing in the back of her mind, right? So they sit down. Natalie says she's bored. She wants more romantic nights like this and, and more date nights and you could tell surface-wise that they were they were okay on the surface. However, she wants to go on a trip. So she mentions Reno, Nevada. What I didn't know about Mike is that he lived there. If I did know, I forgot. So she wants to take out a trip to Reno, Nevada as a romantic, more datey thing. And then she asks him, do you think your friend will like me? And he basically says you got to be nicer you come off harsh sometimes and you know people in in nevada he says and reno are very nice and laid back and you need to be more laid back and natalie says well i would be i would be laid back if your friends stopped sending you naked pictures i literally you guys wrote down naked pictures so the friend in Seattle, Natalie, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, you've been mad for two years because you said that Mike cheated on her wedding day with him, that you saw him topless and her screaming in the background that she was about to hop in the shower 
And from there, you put two and four together and made 10 and said, he's cheating. And so now you're saying that there's a, another friend that we haven't met, a girl in Reno who is constantly sending naked pictures to Mike. And you're just mentioning that now. So you were fixated on the one friend and now we're fixating on this new friend. Is this a new development? Did this just happen? Has it always been happening? Did you know before you married him? Find out after you married him? And like, how do you know, like, how do you know this is true? Because the last thing that you accused him of, it wasn't true. And if it's indeed true, why are you bringing it up on his birthday? It's a lot. It's a lot, you guys. It's a lot. I, I personally think that she has in, she has insecurity issues, and I feel like it's like a power move for her all the time. Remember when she said like she's smarter than him, she's more beautiful than him, and now she's like constantly believing that he's cheating on her. And someone once told me that the person who constantly thinks you're cheating is because they indeed themselves are cheating. And so it makes them insecure. Take whatever you want from that. I've heard that many a times before. I'm not saying that that's what she's doing, but I am saying that there is always something with her. She's always bringing up something about Mike and his friend and this and this and this. And mind you, I've never seen any of Mike's friends ever. So I don't know who else, are they all online friends? Like, what's the story? I don't know. I don't know. But that's it, you guys. That was the show. I appreciate you guys so much with all the technical difficulties that were stressing me out. I mean, it was it was too much, you guys. It was too much. But I want to jump into the live chat real quick before we end um, and see what you guys are talking about. Uh, Rodella says that uh, the mother plot has has a criminal background. I did not know that. Um, Raydella says, Charlie makes me tired. And Barbara says, I know you're not going to care, but I just thought I'd mention it's spousal visa is much less expensive than the K-1 because with the K, when you pay for that, and then you pay the spousal visa. I do care, Barbara. I actually, from my AfterBuzz days, I did a whole segment on the visa processes and the K-1 and the CR-1 visa, the H-1 visa. I know all about the visa, so I do care. And thank you for bringing it up. Um, yeah, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the support. Uh, again, shout out to Raydella, shout out to Crystal. Thank you so very much, you guys, for the super chats. I honestly, truly appreciate you guys so very much. And again, I am definitely going to put it towards figuring out my internet connection, this crazy company is like, it's got a chokehold on me, you guys. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. I need a new company and a new 
a new internet service that's more reliable. Anyways, you guys, don't forget to like and subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. And again, I appreciate you guys for being ride or dies and hanging in there with me with despite all the tech, technical difficulties. And guys, if you feel led, please do support this page. Um, here, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, however you see fit, it really would truly help me. And till tomorrow, you guys, um, there's a couple of things. So tomorrow... Uh, we're doing 90 Day to Single Life. And Wednesday, I might have a surprise for you. And Thursday, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we're doing news and gossip. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Aw. Sonora says, thank you so much for the recap so I don't have to watch. Well, thank you for being here, Sonora. Till tomorrow, you guys. I'll see you. Bye for now.